Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Mir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is a host who's returning, and she's been starving like Marvin to talk about movies. It's me, Wario. Just kidding, it's me, Regina. I'm back. It's been nice to be gone, but it's also even nicer to be back. And uh, welcome back to the show. Now, uh, a couple of, uh, and we'll do this really quickly because of studies have shown when we talk about the movies that we've been watching, people hate it. So <laughs> just kind of quickly, uh, when was the last time you were on the show? When Was it when we talked about the our favorite movies from last year? Yeah, I think that's when it was. Yeah. Because, yeah, then basically a whole new, a new year started and they couldn't come back for a while. So well, It's been about two months, roughly. Thereabouts. So, I've missed uh, you guys. So uh, what movies have you seen during that time? Now, a couple of them, I know. But what movies have stood out to you that, that you've seen during that time? So for sure. Um, wait, I did talk to you about Megan. I was there for the Megan talk because I talked about Megan. Oh, so, that was that might have been the last one. Um, I think most notably recently I watched Scream and, um, and John Wick. I mean, John Wick just leaves an impression because, you know, it's, it's insane. It's <laughs> It's John Wick. John motherfucking Wick. Yeah, but no, it's a, it's a super exciting. And um, but no, I mean it just looks amazing. So stylistically, and just uh for the the stunt work alone, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, I am a big fan of the Scream franchise franchise. So like I'm still kind of fangirling about that too. So, yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. Megan, Megan Scream. Uh, you you just saw John Wick. We saw Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of movies that we'll be talking about later today you've also seen. Um, before we get to the movies that we saw, there's a very big movie coming out in the fall of this year. It's actually going to make its premiere at Cannes. Uh, always a badge of honor. Literally, they stick a badge when they show the trailers. But um, the movie has a huge cast. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, uh, Brendan Fraser. So you've got a bunch of Oscar winners right there. But Jesse Plemons is in it. John Lithgow is in it. And it's directed by Martin Scorsese. So Killers of the Flower Moon coming in on October the 20th. Uh, eventually it'll hit Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, it's a story about how the – set in the 1920s. And it's about how um, J. Edgar Hoover – and a Texas Ranger may have fucked over uh, the Asaji tribe in northeastern Oklahoma. So believe it or not, it's about how our government fucked over Native Americans. Interesting. That does not sound like... So when I think the trailer, it does not match like what I had in mind before knowing what the movie was about. Like For me, it feels like it's to be a movie that we're going to watch on Mystery Science Theater just because without the cast and the director knowing that, right? Because that's a really cool title for like a really cool sci-fi movie. <laughs> but, <Right>. um, <laughs> no, but it does sound like a really like the cast is incredible. Like I love John Lithgow, and my love of John Lithgow is only superseded by my love of Leonardo DiCaprio, which I know is shameful because he is has he has a horrible reputation for dating really ridiculously younger women. But he's a really or good <laughs> or twenty years ago he would be like a hero amongst a god among men yeah no kidding and you know like one of his like biggest influences growing up was like jack nicholson that's what jack nicholson's whole like love life is right so it's just imitating his heroes i suppose but yeah it's time to (laughs) 
change with the times, I suppose. But no, that being said, still a super, super awesome cast. Uh, Jesse Plemons is so cool. Like, um, anytime he's in something, it's amazing. From when he first came out on Breaking Bad to um, season two of Fargo and all these roles he's in, he's super awesome. He's cool too because he can go from anywhere from being like, um, like really pitiful to someone you root for, it's like being really creepy and someone you hate. Uh, really, really good uh, acting range there. Leonardo DiCaprio. So this is uh, yet another time that he's worked with Martin Scorsese. It's like it's fifth or sixth time, I think. Right? And he's worked with him a few times. Did you know Leonardo DiCaprio? He's had um. A, a very long career uh you wouldn't know that based on the age of the people that he dates but Leonardo <laughs> Cameo is a, he's been around a while over the course of his what's it been three decades four decades now that he's been acting not four decades but uh, close to 30 years right yeah definitely right yeah close to 30 years he's only worked with three directors on more than one occasion that's interesting huh yeah. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. You start off so young, like you know, you make these choices. That's that's really interesting, actually. Yeah, and because Hollywood, like, uh, it, it's really small, especially when you get to like his level of like uber success. Like, you're really only working with a there's a handful of names like Scorsese, DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, uh, Spielberg. Like, very very few that you know you just throw out there a uh, uh, one word and you know exactly who you're talking about. But um, he's worked with Scorsese. Quentin Tarantino sent a couple of films with him. And do you know who the third one is? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Oh, is it the Inu? Inu? I don't know how to say his last name. Inuitu? Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. Romeo and Juliet. Oh my gosh, yes, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet and Great Gatsby, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So those are the only people that he's worked with in multiple occasions over the course of his decade-long career. So... Pretty interesting considering because and he doesn't do just one movie every five or six years. He's a steady actor, so pretty surprising to hear that. DiCaprio. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever done straight up horror. I know he has Shutter Island. Ah, he has he has Critters Three. Critters Three when he was a when he was a kid, yes, yes. <laughs> also directed by Boss Lerman. Oh <laughs> uh, the um Shutter Island and Critters Three. Uh, is that pretty much it? Thrillers, yeah, but I mean, straight up horror. Uh, has he ever done anything? I don't think so. Okay, so we'll we'll give him we'll cut him some slack on, on Shutter Island, Critters Three, obviously, but uh, he's never done a horror movie, so obviously he's never had the opportunity to be in the scariest movie of all time. It's often debated, and everyone. Everyone will have a different answer. I won't even ask you what it is because it'll take you a while to think of it. And then you'll want to change it immediately. I would do the exact same thing. Thankfully, <laughs> science has resolved the issue for us. There was a recent study about what is the scariest movie of all time. And do you know the answer? I'm going to take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guess? Host. <laughs> Okay, good guess, except there's like, I don't know, 39 horror movies named Host. I uh, saw Host at the top of this list, and I immediately thought of the South Korean creature feature. Not a good pick, but because um, it's not scary at all. Super cool, not very scary. But no, it's not that Host. It's a Host from just a few years ago, 2020. 
anyone who's seen it def definitely remembers it. It's by Rob Savage. It's the basically, I would say, because there was a lot of COVID movies, <laughs> there was a lot that involved conference calls. But um, I would say it's not only the best horror movie that came out during because the, there was a lot of horror movies during uh, COVID also. But uh, it's the best because uh, it was straight up because of COVID. It was also uh, a conference movie and it was straight up horror. So I think it's the best of all of those genres. Best COVID movie, best conference movie, best horror movie probably of 2020 and maybe 2021. But uh, well deserved to be at the top of a list. However, absolutely not the scariest movie of all time. No, certainly not. Um, the study is intense. I was looking at it, how, how it's measured, and it's measured by heart rate and heartbeats per second, like the audience's reaction to it. And I think that's really interesting. And what, one of the reasons why I liked Host so much when I saw it was, first of all, we, you're right, it is the best, for sure, of the pandemic movies, or this whole, like, you're being locked in and let's just yeah. uh, talk to each other on Zoom. First of all, I, for one... And I think I told you this. I don't want to see a movie if it's like that. That is my freaking life at the time. Like, I wanted an escape from it. Like, I did not yeah. want to be part of that at all. Seriously, like, I had burnout from Zooming, like, all day long. I did not want oh, yeah. to. Um, no, nobody, wanted to, nobody wanted to see another. No one wanted to see the first COVID movie, much less right. much less the 22nd one. Go ahead. This one, um, it did a good job of being in the moment. But not being like tiresome and trite. No, it didn't let itself get like it wasn't like oh this is a movie about COVID because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't yeah. at all right. So first of all, it had some really interesting effects, and it just really played with like the mundaneness of everything. But at the same time, though, it's, the article talks about like a. You know the heart rates per second but i gotta say it's one of those movies it's probably from the from besides like from just like the general misery you feel when you watch a covid movie like okay this is how things are you don't need to be reminded of that this actually made you feel something and i think that's kind of interesting that the city highlights that it's like the actual physical reaction you have when you're watching this movie because that's a i mean it was exciting to watch the characters were engaging and the best part of it it's a short movie so you get in and get out before it gets too, too bogged down with watching another Zoom screen. And it has good characters that you kind of care about what's happening. And it's it's heightened. It heightens your sense. So um, I thought that was a really interesting study. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, there is some recency bias, bias in this uh, study. Actually, you have to get to like, it's not even on, um, it's not even in the top 10 before you get to something in, uh, gosh, I don't, I don't even think there's anything from the 90s. And you have to get into like the bottom half of the top 20 before you get to the first uh, 80s movie. Nightmare on Elm Street is like at, I don't know, 16 or something like that. Then you get Chainsaw Massacre in there. And I think Halloween might be in there. Uh, but the uh, top 10 is not very scary. Like host we mentioned, very funny to me is uh, Rob Savage's two movies in the top 10 because uh, Dashcam is also one of the scariest movies of all time but uh because it does measure heart rate like you had mentioned and spikes and all that stuff i wonder how much of that is just people being like pissed off and upset <laughs> versus actually terrified by it um then you got stuff like sinister uh insidious has like a cool really cool jump scare in it conjuring hereditary is number five and that's one of those things where it's more like i don't know there's not so much crazy jump scares in it like uh but there's moments in it that do get to you like it follows it's the same thing they just kind of like they're tense but not really scary 
but they are horror movies like I don't know, it, it's an interesting study like you said especially the methodology of it but um like i don't know how many movies they watched like what kind of audience was it was it a bunch of i i, I didn't yeah you i think you read more of it than i did like was it a group of all ages was it 18 to 35 like were there any any elderly people in there like I wonder, like, how how over how long did this study take place, and how do they select the movies? That's kind of an interesting list. Well, you know, you you've watched movies with me before, and I, I watch a lot of horror movies, and so like, I liked I liked it. It made, like I said, it made me feel something other than besides like a freaking pandemic movie, you know? Right. It, it, was, it was delight. I felt watching it, you know. But yeah. fear, not so much. I mean, it's creepy and it, it's genuinely spooky. And it has its scary moments, but. I got to say, I didn't scream like a goonie watching Host the way I did for some other movie. So, um, yeah. And, you know, it's like my personal, like, fright nerve, you know? Right, right. And it's also kind of, it, it's interesting that you don't see the more uncomfortable stuff on this. I like torture horror or mm -hmm. the stuff that's been banned, like um, something like, like Evil Dead. You know, like, I wonder how, because that's really gross and scary. Or even the stuff like One Day in Serbia or Last House on the Left type stuff. Because I would imagine that that would generate, like, that would get people's hearts pounding, I would imagine. But I wonder if, and, and more so than Host, and, and it's, I'm not saying it's a better movie. Like, I am definitely would never say that something like Last House. But it would probably garner a different reaction out of it. I think my heart would beat a lot faster watching that movie. Yeah. Um more out of anger than fear but you know yeah for sure i mean it's 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 so interesting it's an interesting city and I'm, I'm glad it was conducted but i think yeah. you're right it's like who are they who are they who is in part of this study and i mean it just really depends if it's somebody i can see it really terrifying somebody who doesn't watch well no not even that so some people are just really susceptible to like jump scares you know like no matter what True. they watch they're doing some people and, are just kind of jumpy and it is important to remember that at the time that it, host did become something of a sensation for a good like month, I think, which in today's world equates to like five or six years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, looking at a list of the past is always interesting. It's always an, even one that's including movies from uh, 23 months ago. All right. But it's always interesting to look back on, on the cinema's past. But we're going to take a little bit of time. Genre of the future. The movies that are coming up over the course of the next week, um, you can tell that there's uh, the blockbusters are coming. In the past few weeks, we've seen more and more bigger movies. Summer is pretty much right around the corner. So we're seeing more and more movies. Uh, this tends to lead to a drop-off in genre movies because those tend to come out during the slower months. Um, however, over the course of the next week, there are some interesting movies coming out. Um, the big one is March the 31st, and some of you may even be on your way to see this as you're listening to us. Uh, this is one of the bigger movies of the year, especially amongst uh, a certain subset, but Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, hits theaters, it uh, made its world premiere at South by Southwest, got really positive feedback. I've mentioned it to Blake a few times on here with each trailer. And they're marketing the hell out of this movie, by the way. The exact opposite of 65, which had no marketing. Like Dungeons and Dragons, they're just like pumping pumping out the marketing stuff for it. But uh, I, I keep telling Blake, the more that I see for this movie, like the more 
interested. I like when I when I when I first heard about it, I was like, eh, D and D, like that, just not my thing. And those movies never really. And I'm not the biggest fantasy person, but with every trailer and every every clip that's come out, I want to see it more and more. Okay, so I just recently saw two really good trailers for this, or like marketing. So today I saw a little like promo where it had the guys from Freaks and Geeks and all grown up. I forget the other act actors' names, but Martin Starr was one of the geeks, right? And the other two guys, Sam, I forgot their names. The main one was Sam and then the other guy. And they're sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons. And they're like talking about like, oh my gosh, like how long have we been playing? We're old now. We have beards. It was a very silly trailer, but they're like, somebody should make a movie about this. But it was a little promotional thing for Dungeons and Dragons. It was pretty cute. And it was funny. So I, I really like what they're doing with it. I mean, they're, they are working out with nostalgia and um, trying to capture um, everyone's attention. And I also saw a really funny trailer. Like a self-aware trailer, I guess, for Dungeons and Dragons, where the reviews, it's a voiceover of the trailer, and the reviews are just nonsense. It's yeah. like Pine is the most Chris Pine he's ever been in this movie. And it's just very silly, but I like what they're doing with it. I mean, it's fun. It looks like a fun movie, and they're having so much fun with the promotion. It makes me feel like you're going to have a fun experience watching it. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm that if they're doing with the marketing exactly what it's supposed to do, like when you first hear something, you have whatever your reaction is, either you really want to see it or more often than not, you're either going to be uh, on the fence or you just don't want to see it at all. Right. So the, the, the majority of people will be on the fence about it. And then over the over time, as you see more advertisements, theoretically, you should want to see it more. And D&D has done a really good job of doing that over the course of the past few months. Um, coming on March 31st, also 31st to uh, Shudder, is The Unheard. Uh, this movie is about a young woman who um, undergoes an experimental procedure to restore her hearing. All of a sudden, she starts to hear things that uh, might be the, related to the vanishing of her mom. This looks really cool because there's been a lot of movies... Uh, over the course of time, uh, especially in, we've covered all the movies in the past few months, it seems like, about people who are um, uh, visually impaired. Uh, you don't really see that many movies about people that have uh, uh, hearing problems, which is funny because uh, sound, especially music, is such an important part of horror. Oh, um, this trailer, uh, also eye trauma, people always talk about how freak, freaky it is. This looks to have ear trauma in it. And ear trauma is also, like, really gross. <laughs> but um, trailer looks really interesting. Also directed by Jeffrey Brown, Jeffrey A. Brown, who did The Beach House, starring uh, Leonardo, Leonardo, Leanne, Leonardo, who was just in Scream 6. Looks pretty cool. I'm interested in seeing it. Yeah, me too. And you're right about the ear trauma. Every time they show a close-up of an ear, I'm just waiting for something to either crawl out or crawl in. It's just really unnerving. So for that for the, for that disgusting feeling I get when I see ears close up when... With the fear of something going into them, I'm already like signed up for this movie. A few weeks ago on this show, we talked about Innis Main, spelled Innis Men, but pronounced Innis Main in Cornish. It means Standing Rock. Boy, were Blake and I confused about this movie. Slow burn, folk horror. It's about a volunteer who's on an island studying a flower, we think, and then things just go sideways. As a trailer, it is one of the absolute creepiest things. That you, and check out the poster for it, too. Really cool poster for this movie. What did we think about it? Well, you can check out that episode from a few weeks ago. But it is coming to theaters on a limited release March the 31st. 
See, I haven't seen it yet, but seeing the trailer though makes me want to see it. It has like a very um like a, a wicker man kind of feel to it that I'm yeah. I'm but I, I I will listen to your podcast though and the movie also has a wicker man feel to it. It also does some things that are not like the wicker man at all. That there's a lot, and you actually you can see in the trailer too. Beautifully shot. Uh, what you can't see in the trailer is that it's basically a one-person show. Uh, great performance, just visually one of the most impressive movies you'll see. As for the rest of it, you can check it out on March the thirty-first. Also coming out on March 31st, a limited run, is Malum. Now, uh, a few years back, around 2014, uh, my sister introduced me to this movie called The Late Shift. And it was uh, the story of a officer. And I think it's her first night. And she's working the last shift as the last night. And I don't know about that part of a police station. Uh, and then things just go very supernatural and paranormal there. Uh, apparently, that movie was so popular that uh, five years later, less than five years later, it's been remade as Malum, a uh, woman working the last shift, uh, a female officer working the last shift at a station, just keeping the fort down. Uh, the trailer looks pretty, uh, it's generic, like jump scares in your face, really loud and mysterious and stuff and stuff like that. But as horror movies go, it looks pretty cool. It does. Um, I, at first, I was kind of like, all the there's a lot of pentagrams flying around in that trailer. Yeah. Which uh, it, it's it's kind of cheesy, but in the cheesy way that I kind of like, you know. Yeah. Um, it does seem like a creepy movie. It does seem very unsettling, and um, um, the actress in, in the film and the trailer so far, she's doing a great job of freaking me out. So totally down to watch this. Well, if it's anything like the movie that it's based on, then it'll be a really fun watch, especially if you're a horror fan. It's super enjoyable. Um, one of the things that I've wanted to talk about on this show for a few weeks now, because it's been about, I want to say a year and a half since we've covered like a Kung Fu movie on this on this show. And uh, I know we did a whole month where we were covering movies from the uh, New York old school Kung Fu Fest. Uh, we haven't done any since. And I really wanted to do one. Oh, coming out on April the 4th. And I don't know if we're going to get around to this movie, but Fist of the Condor is going to have a limited release. Now, this isn't like Drunken Master or I think we we did eight Grandmasters on here. It's not, it's not 36 Chambers or anything like that. This is a new movie. And it sounds old. It's just about uh, an ancient fighting style um, that uh, is in danger of being stolen and someone has to protect it. Pretty cut and dry as to what it's about. But the look of it will, will make you think of like Shaw Brothers or something from that era. So I'm pretty down with the movie, except it looks a little too modern for me. Interesting. I can see how you would think that from the look of the trailer. There does look like badass action, though. Though that I, yeah. I will give it though. So like I'm I'm still I'm still invested here. But I I can see the modern aspect of it as well, though for sure. And it's not that I don't like modern action movies. Like uh, you talked about John Wick. I like the John Wick movies. I like the Raid. Like uh, I I like um, oh man, what's the action movie we just saw? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, kind of silly. But uh, I, I do like action movies. The um, I think the only thing about like motorcycles and stuff in this is that I've been wanting to see like an old school kung fu movie, mm -hmm. and you know one set in like 
whatever the 16th century and this obviously is not that's not a knock against the movie that's just a personal thing but like you said the action looks amazing and uh, i i think more than anything i just really wanted to see some badass fight scenes so uh fist of the condor is definitely on my radar so it basically it's just not scratching the particular kung fu itch you were looking for then for you yeah I, i'm just being a poser <laughs> Our first movie this week is an indie sci-fi horror movie called Capsules. The story is about four chem students who find themselves addicted to pills in the absolute worst possible way. If they don't keep taking them, they're going to die. It kind of sounds like the setup for a comedy, but it's never really that funny. But that doesn't mean it's bad. So Capsules from 2023 new movie uh, a lot of times on this show we talk about characters um i think it's very interesting and blake didn't do it intentionally but it kind of gives insight into what he likes and what he's looking for in movies for his least favorite movies one of the movies he named was because he hated the character in his <laughs> favorite movies uh i think like two of the movies that he named were because he loved the characters Oh, this is a very small cast. Uh, it's basically four characters. Ooh, it, this movie's short. It's not even an hour and a half. And I'd say for about an hour and 10 minutes of it, I pretty much hated everybody. <laughs> okay, so it's interesting you say that. When I started, this movie, I was like, man, I'm going to hate everybody. And as it continued on, I was like, I really do hate everybody. And then something about him, maybe it was their situation or something, where I thought they could be worse. <laughs> but, but they were just so dislikable. Let me just say, this is not spoiling anything. The pill they get addicted to is random pills they found. And they're chemists. And you just think they'd be smarter and not act like children picking up whatever they find on the ground and putting in their mouth. <laughs> And they're really stupid. <laughs> so. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because we're going to get into details right now. That is the biggest detail. And you're right. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and uh, you also said this isn't a spoiler, but we're going to throw it out there anyway. Spoiler alert. We are going to talk about some things from the movie. We're not going to ruin anyone's enjoyment of it. You can definitely watch this movie. And there's a couple of twists in it. We're going to talk about some minor details. Uh, the synopsis basically throws it out there. They try some pills and get addicted. Um, what you said, you're, that's not a spoiler at all. Go, But you're right. Like, they're chem students. And for some reason, they take some mysterious, homemade mysterious pills. But uh, before we get into that, even, because I think that's the biggest example of one of the biggest, no, not one of the biggest, the biggest problem of capsules. Going back to the characters, <laughs> and you're right, they are, they're not very smart. The one who bothered me the most, and maybe, you know, it, maybe it's unfair to say that they're all bad characters because one of the characters, uh, Maya, I think her name was, she was like the hardcore druggie, I guess you can say. Yeah. They were all in it, uh, and uh, they were all into drugs, but she was like the hardcore druggie. Like, they never really go into her character, like, at all. Her character is basically there to be obnoxious and loud. Like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another, uh, Jasper. Jasper. Mm -hmm. He's maybe maybe the one who's the most developed, but it's really vague. Like, he 
doesn't seem to like them, or at least he tells them like, oh, I don't drink, or I like to do drugs by myself, or I I'm done studying. Like, there's seems to be opportunities there to explore him, uh, at least opportunities to explore a big facet of him, but they never really do it. The other female character, uh, Dev, she's just a mess. Like, she's just very inconsistently written, I think. Like, she's um, an EMT or a paramedic, um, and she seems to be the voice of reason. But then she also is, like, really dumb. Like, she's willing to, like, break into a house or to pop these mystery pills. Like, really weird. But the one who, like, ruins it for all of them, I think is ryan i believe his name was because one he's just like very they're supposed to be in college but he's like a middle school kid at first like do you think she likes me can you talk to her can you pass this note to her and that's already annoying to me because it's very like it's the kind of person who plays on twitch you know i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go on twitch and play fortnite like like that kind of, he's like that kind of person to me already off the bat but then as the movie evolves, he becomes pretty creepy. Like, I don't know if you ever got that vibe. I He kind of creeped me off from the from kind of the onset. So for me, like, they kind of all put me off from the onset. And I don't know if it's just because they, they got increasingly, they just got dumber by the minute too. So I don't know if that kind of softened my feelings towards them. I was like, why are they, they were really dumb. Like, really, really dumb. <laughs> like, um, they... They're college students, and I honestly, I, I I don't know how they're living alone without the help of their parents because they they are really dumb. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the the answer is is literally right in front of our faces because they're white. I mean, they, they have that's why they have money. That's they are exactly very privileged. They have they come yeah. from affluent backgrounds as well. It's very clear that yeah, I mean, money is what they throw around. They're in school, but. It's all like it, no one has any high stakes for school. Like they'll no. have to study, but no one's really like, "Oh, I need this because I need it. I'm going to lose my scholarship." Oh, I need this because what this will I? Yeah, what will? Or my parents had to work three jobs to get me here. They're like, like that's there's none of that. It's oh man, I got to take this test. I might as well pass this ambient or ambi, as they say. I might ambi. as well pass pass these ambies and and smoke this kush. That's like. Uh, the that's the the like you said there's no stakes that's the difficulties that they're dealing with and uh sometimes and and this isn't like shocking like deep criticism of a movie uh, or of any movie but sometimes when you watch a movie there's you get more out of what's not said than what's actually said so in this movie like the reason that they're so stupid and there's no stakes and I shouldn't say they're so stupid. They make the dumb decisions that they do, and they seem to really be blasé about everything. Uh -huh. It's yeah. never outright said, but uh, you can kind of tell. Well, I mean, not kind of. You can easily tell <laughs> what's going on there. I mean, yeah. it's been going on in this country for decades. Well, uh, I mean, the weird thing is that the studying takes a backseat after a while. They're just like, ah, forget it. Let's just party and, and take these pills. So. Yeah. It's almost, it was, it, it's kind of like a lazy setup to get them to this point to begin with, really. It's not. Yes, and I agree with, and this is where I want to get into the details of it, because, okay, like, it's actually an old school horror premise, right? It's kind of the, the whole, uh, be careful for what you wish for thing. In this case, the witch wish 
is to like get really like messed up on drugs. That's not unheard of in horror movies, like at all. That's that's uh, one of the, like the top three reasons people get slaughtered in, in these movies. So nothing wrong with that, but it's how they get from point A to point B. And like you said, there's like this test coming, and it's a serious test because they're they're chem students. There's no like. I mean, you're not going to be a chem teacher at, at the local grocery store. Like, I mean, they're really going for like high power jobs, theoretically, right? But, and they have this big test coming up because they, it's all that they talk about for the first like, what, 10 minutes or so, which, which is fine. But then, like you said, like um, you have about, five minutes of them studying maybe there's also something that's never developed it looks like dev is jealous of jasper because she's like his study guy doesn't impress her right like, yeah there, there's there's tension there and you're like ooh, either they're gonna they're either gonna fall in love or they're gonna kill each other but it never goes anywhere like at all it's 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 really poorly written yeah it goes from the test being this really important moment to just getting messed up being really important and then this goes to what you said in the very beginning like the details how why did it go from there to there why couldn't this story just been about these four these four drug addicts and then you couldn't and then the whole like why would chem students take these messed up because it, it doesn't play into the ending like really at all why would chem students take these pills you don't have that question when they're just four random like college kids wanting to get drugged out you know they don't take anything they don't have to be college kids they could just be for druggies they could be for drug addicts you know you know if they want to make them chemists they could it could have been a drug that they made and they were trying out before they sold it because they're also drug dealers it just didn't make sense like oh trash yeah. drugs let me take them it was like what's wrong with you yeah. guys they could yeah and again that's some it, it's like a dr jekyll thing like they could they could have gone that route with it but those aren't the only details that weren't there that were missing like unless i missed it and please correct me if i'm wrong but so they take the drugs and then uh there's ill effects that take place after a certain amount of hours it seems like that they like immediately knew exactly what it was they were like okay we took these drugs and we got sick that kind of that makes sense. I get it. That's the one different thing that they did. So that's why did they get sick? When did they equate that they needed to take the drugs to stay alive? So that's it makes sense at all. One okay. person had an adverse reaction and they thought, oh, it's all gonna happen to it's gonna happen to all of us. Why? Why would that happen? That's not what happens with drugs if one person has an adverse reaction to it. <laughs> okay, so so it's never explained, right? They just like they they uh start people start throwing up and whatever and then they figure out after seven hours which is they put an exact time on it and then after seven hours this is what's going to happen and we need to take another dose or we're going to die like they never explained that right especially because they, before when the adverse reaction happens to the first person they made up some baloney story before that about taking some other drug because he was born with a small windpipe or something nonsensical. Right. When his adverse reaction first happens, like, oh, it's probably just from that weird-ass condition he just made up to take another drug. But <laughs> right. it doesn't make any sense how they get from one conclusion to another. And you're right. I don't know when they come up with the idea. See, 
I don't know how all of a sudden they become so super smart. They go from taking drugs off the street to all of a sudden understanding the time of the side effects, how it's going to affect them, and how often they need to be dosing. It doesn't make any sense how they can Okay, get so with it wasn't, these stuff. it wasn't just me, because No. I was, I, I was like totally lost, and then, this is an ongoing thing throughout the movie, uh, the ending, like, again, it, it's like, they kind of, I guess they half-ass explain it, they're like, okay, in order for us to live, this is what's gotta happen, and, and everyone's hanging out in the woods, and it seems like everything is okay, again, I have no idea how they figured that out, And this all leads to a twist in the last like 10 seconds where they explain like basically the origin of the pills. The last 10 seconds is basically the only reason why they were chem students when really you only needed one of them to really. But, and even then they didn't even need that because they could have just like read the article and either way, anybody could have read that article. But um, yeah, the whole like, There's just, they never fully explain anything. So it's really confusing and it leads to this super unsatisfactory ending. It, it does it there's some other parts where i don't really want to see because i think that might be getting way too much but Like you said, there's some characters who are supposed to be a little bit more level-headed than the others. And I think the only one that's kind of consistent is probably Jasper. We just don't get enough of him, but he seems pretty consistent. And he doesn't Yeah. want to hang out with these people. He doesn't He doesn't want to be with them. And you know, and, after, and honestly, after hanging out with them in the movie, you're like, yeah, I don't blame him for wanting to just be alone. But yet he's there still with them. Dev's character makes some very odd choices throughout the film. And it doesn't make any sense why she does what she does. For, for I would say for the last half of the film, she's completely untethered to any sort of reality created by the film, to be honest. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, when did chem students who also work as paramedics learn how to conduct autopsies? Yes, because there's Like, an autopsy for no reason. <laughs> yeah, like, how does how did that happen? I don't know. Maybe she's not a chem student. Maybe she's in a different science. I don't know. But uh, without going into too many details about the autopsy, it's probably... And this is... Here's another big problem in the movie. Uh, it's the whole, like, it's the whole Paula Abdul syndrome. Two steps forward, two steps back. Like, you get this, you get this really cool, like, special effects gore scene. Super cool. It's like something out of, it's like Tom Savini-esque. Really neat. But the whole scene is absolutely pointless. Because the end is just, you're just like, okay, like, what happened and why did they even do that? It's pointless. And going back to what we were initially talking about, it just makes no sense. Well, you know, even her being an EMT, that just kind of pops up out of nowhere, right? Yeah, I'm an EMT. I can do this. It's like, no, that's not. I mean, if you watch an episode of Grey's Anatomy, it just takes one episode <laughs> to know that the things she's doing don't make any sense, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and just, just some general logic. But um, yeah, at the end of the movie, um, I would say it's it's pretty unsatisfying, um, but it's consistent with the rest of the film, I think, and it's doesn't make sense. I, I will say that, and that's absolutely true. So here's kind of the thing with this movie that I, I, I'm wondering, I really don't know. So I think the movie, it, it does, there's a lot of problems with this movie. 
But every once in a while, it hits you with something that's really cool. Like that autopsy scene makes no sense at all, but it looks really cool. Another cool thing that they do is they have um, kind of a countdown going on. They tell you how many doses are remaining uh, before um, can they seemingly die or become zombies or blow up or whatever happens when they stop taking the pills. But it adds tension that otherwise doesn't exist. Like it shows the dosage and it reminds you like, oh yeah, like they, they're working against the clock. It's kind of cool. It, it's a good idea in theory, but it's not put into practice very well. I'm thinking that maybe this movie, maybe that a lot of this was done intentionally because it's supposed to be like this, like, you know, those movies that are basically like a, a trip, right? Is this this drug-fueled adventure? And nothing really is supposed to make sense. You just kind of grab things here, grab things there, and you kind of get an idea of what's going on. So maybe this is supposed to give you that feeling of being, um, like, in their case, like, desperate and chaotic and also, like, on drugs. And nothing is supposed to make sense. And because even, like, the time in this, it's really weird. Like it's like seven hours, six hours. But then like at one point, one of the characters says, I'm going to spend the whole weekend in a lab, but then he's with them. And then he's not with, it's kind of weird, but like time seems really abstract in this. And yeah. uh, the, the, the decision-making is really weird. So maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe all of that is intentional. It's quite possible that it is. I mean, that would definitely be one explanation for things. Um, you are right, though. That countdown is is a really good device for creating some tension there. Because honestly, though, it's the only thing going in it that reminds me that there is time running out for them, though. Because like you said, time works very differently for each individual person. And maybe that is maybe it does speak to the effects of the drugs. And maybe for Jasper, he's not feeling that bad about it. So he's like, I can take I can spend a whole weekend in the lab working things out. I don't need to worry about dosages. <laughs> you know, like maybe that's why he's not in such a panic, you know, but. That would definitely be one explanation for it. Well, Capsules, coming on demand uh, March the 31st. C or no C? I would pass on this one for sure. I really didn't see much in it in the way of um, to redeem it, really. Uh, I, I would agree with you. Like Just because something is a good idea in theory or just because you think like, oh, this is what they were going for. It doesn't mean that you should check it out. Like uh, for all the good this movie does. It does so much wrong, so I would pass on this. Our feature presentation is, here's a spoiler alert, one that I've been looking forward to. The latest from Quentin Depew, who I really like. Like He did Rubber, which is about a homicidal car tire. He did Keep an Eye Out, which we covered on this show, which was a surreal murder mystery. Uh, Mandibles, which you and I saw, which is about a friendship with a giant fly. Incredible But True, which is about a hole in a house. And I don't want to say anything more about it because that's a big thing. Like, he's done so many strange movies. Smoking Causes Coughing is about a group of superheroes who are losing their team spirit. So their leader... Her, their boss chief, Didier, who is a rat who drips green goo from his mouth, decides that they need to go on a 
week-long excursion to regain that camaraderie. While they're on this trip, they learn that there's an even greater danger. Oh, superhero movie. It's kind of set out pretty... Um, it sounds like it's going to be cut and dry. Superheroes are falling apart. Like, they don't have that same teamwork that they didn't have... That they had before. So now there's this world-dangering evil that's coming and it's going to bring them all together and they're going to realize that they love each other and that they're better together than they are apart as it turns out that this movie is nothing like that it's not even a superhero movie really when you get down to it yeah so interesting the tobacco avengers who shoot tobacco tobacco force, force right? tobacco force the tobacco force what they do is they shoot chemicals that could cause cancer <laughs> Which they're, they're, they're and, and they're named after, and they're named after cancer causing chemicals, right? Because there's like uh, mercury and nicotine and <laughs> methanol, ammonia, yeah. So, and they shoot, they shoot, uh, they join forces to shoot uh, their chemicals at their foes, uh, random monsters in the in the desert, and they dope them up with cancer and then they win the day, <laughs> and, and uh. Yeah, and they explode in a just a uh, a huge explosion of gore and blood, buckets yeah. of blood. Um, the fight. So right off the bat, you're going to think that this is a superhero movie. Uh, it looks like it might be a spoof of one, and it's cheesy because it looks like something. If you are old enough to remember Fox Kids and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, it looks like something out of the Power Rangers. Like it's uh, the the initial villain is a tortoise who's a giant tortoise basically a man in a rubber suit so he's like a kaiju and they're wearing um very colorful costumes and they're battling them and then like you said they all team up together to defeat them with their weapons um which are cancer causing chemicals so it looks like a superhero movie and then really quickly like and it's funny because you know they have their names and it's funny when the blood covers their and spoiler alert we're going to talk about some moments of this movie but we won't ruin anyone's enjoyment not that we could because it's so absurd that you might not even believe what we're gonna talk about in this <laughs> really quickly you're like okay this is something different because when they get a call on their their video phone in their fan it's an anamorphic rat with green goo dripping from his mouth <laughs> and apparently he's quite the ladies man because yes everyone's <laughs> he's a casanova and uh so already you're like okay this is how they start taking they're taking selfies with the blood-drenched family and then it becomes an anthology and they straight out compare it to tales of the crypt tales from the crypt uh the, the and the way it goes into the anthology it's really smooth actually because it, it makes no sense you're like okay if you describe it it makes no sense you're like um okay there's these superheroes are fighting a tortoise and then they go and they tell scary stories and then a barracuda starts talking. You're like, huh? Like, <laughs> it kind of makes no sense. But um, when you watch it, it actually all flows together really well. The reason that it, the way it becomes an anthology and it happens out because this movie's, it's a short movie. It's not even an hour and a half, but about 20 minutes in the tobacco force are around a campfire and they decide that they're going to tell scary stories to each other classic it's like classic setup for an anthology let's take right. turns telling stories to each other yeah they begin their stories and um it begins with a great one about a thinking helmet from the 30s that a couple finds um it was so good 
that I actually forgot that it was a story that was being told. Okay, yeah, exactly. So you get this whole other story that's very inventive and creative. It's got its whole a whole different vibe going from the rest of the movie. Completely different tone. Really good acting in this little movie as well, too. It's like this little story. Um, it, it's a complete departure. And then when you come back to the campfire, you're like, oh, that's right. We're watching Tobacco Force. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing, too. They're just really good storytellers, apparently. So it really <laughs> takes you into the story. Yeah, and then in this other story, like, you get uh, really good, like you said, the acting is really good in it. I mean, award-winning actors appear in this film. Um, the uh, And you, you said it's a different tone, like, smoking causes coughing is something of a, oh, well, it's a superhero movie. It's very colorful and there's battles in it. But then the first anthology, it's... It's a little bit of a, well, not a little bit. Of, it's a horror story. It's straight out, like they said, Tales from the Crypt. Someone finds like, it's like finding something in a pawn shop, like needful things type of thing. Mm -hmm. Someone finds something. It goes back to the whole be careful what you wish for thing. They find this uh, old item. They decide to use the item and it works to like, it does what it says it's going to do, but it works to a level that's too far. And then it becomes... It becomes a, a slasher in the space of like three or four minutes, but it's a slasher. And that's the thing about the movie too, like this this little story in the middle of it, it, it just has such a completely different tone, um, even within itself. But like 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 uh, you were saying though, this story, this performance, it, it really much it very much is like something like you'd find like a needful things like this little like almost like an urban legend, like oh, did you hear about the story about the lady who found this hat? Um, but the hat also brings out like I guess like. It awakens what you already feel, but just intensifies it. The fact that we have this character. And the thing is, we we get the story mainly from their point of view. Um, so that's also a very interesting twist as well. It's not just this random person where this weird thing's happening to him and people are confused about it. It's a lot from from their perspective. And I think that's also very interesting for the film as well. It, it's um, There's so many dimensions when we go into these stories, and some of them um have more layers than others but this one in particular really stood out yeah this one was my favorite and then you get um uh, another story that uh involves someone whose uh nephew has an accident on the job and and the final joke for it is very predictable because it's kind of repeated throughout the story but the whole thing is so funny and again, it's like, and this speaks to the, the the entire movie. Like the performances are so good because the aunt in that story is so just like serious and unfazed basically by what's going on that it makes it like because it's such a ridiculous premise uh, to start with. It, the 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 story is not told by one of the tobacco force. It's told by a fish that's being grilled. It's already ridiculous. So the story is ridiculous, but like the performances and like. They're, they've completely bought into it like so it makes it that much more easy to get caught up in it and it does something that um never works uh it doesn't really end and we just talked about an unsatisfying ending to something uh it doesn't end it straight out says well there is no ending to it. it it's just over but like that particular story just ends but uh, it was really cool. It was a really funny story. Like, uh, I, I thought that that was a really cool thing about this movie, too. Yeah, the lack of ending is not going to temper your enjoyment of the story. And again, 
it all complements each other because it's such an absurd film. When you have the tobacco force and their nonsense, you cut back to their shenanigans and then you dive back into these other stories, which are completely different, um, even though they are drastically different in tone setting. And it seems almost like, I would say almost worldly. Um, it's They all work together, I think, in a... You know, sometimes you'll watch an anthology where the wraparound does nothing for the film. I think they all kind of, um, they do a good job of enhan enhancing each other. Yeah, they do. And you know what the really cool, clever thing about this movie is? And because it's so absurd and it's so silly, you'll keep using that word. It's so silly and absurd and it's so out there that um, when it does something that's actually kind of serious, it almost like passes you by. The story being told by the talking fish, the previous story that's told by, again, it sounds really weird, a little girl stumbles across the tobacco force and tells them a story that's so depressing that they actually have to stop telling stories for a night. But um, <laughs> that story can actually explain why the fish is telling the next story, like why he's able to talk and everything. And it's actually a very topical, serious thing as to why the fish is in that state the also like you said uh the person putting on the thing in cabins the whole like having too much power and the power drives you mad type of thing is essentially what happened but the core to that story is someone who's living a life that they feel that they should uh should have to leave live but they don't really want to live it and there's like little things like that that are in the movie that are serious but they they never take away from the the the, the uh, humor in the movie, and if anything, they uh, show off the creativity that um, you just really don't see in cinema nowadays. No, I mean it's a really great experience watching this film. I I really like this guy's movies as well. I saw I saw the Incredible but True movie with you, and then I saw um, Mandibles, which I really liked. Um, Mandibles was so delightful, and it was so such an oddball movie as well. And this is very much like it. But I would say, um, yeah, this one was a lot of fun to watch. And if you like anything that's sort of sort of um, offbeat, then I, I think you would enjoy this, this movie too. Because it's fun. It's not, it's not offbeat, like some chem students like taking like some drugs. It's not, it's not, it's a totally different tone. It's a totally different, um, different avenue of strangeness. It's definitely unlike anything that's out there right now. Um, there's lots of superhero movies that are out there right now. There's only going to be more of them as time passes. But uh, this one, has it's its own special little place. And right now, it's a limited run in theaters. So uh, I know you kind of already said it. But see or no see smoking causes coughing. Yeah, see it. It's fun. It's weird. And you get to see um, a rat. And the the many ladies who love him. Yeah, and uh, palate cleanser. We all need a palate cleanser every once in a while. Even yeah, uh, even a wine connoisseur needs a shot of whiskey every every once in a while. So uh, this is uh, quite a shot. So definitely check it out every Saturday. You can find us here. We're a part of the Marvelly Beautiful Podcasting Network, where they have a bunch of horror themed podcasts, including ours. We also have an open review policy, so if there's any horror movies that you want to cover, any drug movies that you want us to cover, any talking rat movies, drop us a line. We'll do what we can. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Adventures in Movies. You can also find Nathaniel Creeping on Instagram at Adventures in Nathan. You can find Blake uh, twerking on Twitter at Freud Horror. I just said that because he's not here to 
to fight it. Again, Regina is playing. <laughs> Me, Regina, I am plotting on Twitter at Danger Chavez. And next week, join us, please, as we uh, talk about um, family-friendly fisting and uh, painting by numbers. So. <laughs> I don't know if we'll cover any of that, but definitely <laughs> be here next week. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Amazon Music has podcasts, including us. Or you can go to Morbidly Beautiful. Basically, wherever the po best podcasts in the world are, that's where you can find us. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Bye.